Welcome back to Oh You're That Mom. I'm Jamie. And I'm Amber. We're so happy you came back for another listen. We all have a tendency to judge others, especially when it comes to being a mom and when it's outside of what we would consider our norm. And if you haven't done that, you're a liar. So each week we interview different types of moms and try and address the stigmas and stereotypes that surround her. So sit back, grab a drink, relax and listen. Just kidding, you're a mom. You can't relax. You'll be up four times. So good luck with that. Cheers. Okay, welcome to our next show. It's the first show of the new uh, year. Right. For us, it's New Year's Day. You guys won't hear this till Monday, but it's, and it's a new decade. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. New Year, New You. Is it? I'm going to start saying that all the time. So this episode is a little bit different. Yeah. This episode, we are not going to have a special guest on it. We are actually going to... Or the most special guest. Oh, well... Probably not. We are going to instead answer a set of questions that we have wrapped up and folded and hidden, and we'll draw them at random, and then we'll answer them ourselves. Plus, we already reached out on our social media Mm -hmm. and asked these same questions, so we have answers from other moms that follow follow us and the answers are from all different types of moms. So right. I mean any type of mom that we've already interviewed plus a bajillion more that are completely different, live a completely different lifestyle, but also will have a different perspective than perhaps Amber and I. Is New Year's a big deal for you? Do you care? No, not really. I, I don't celebrate it because it's a new year. I celebrate it because there's champagne. Just kidding. Actually, there was a lot of champagne last night. Was there? Yeah. Did you get... I got hammered. I did not. I woke up at 11.15 this morning, and I thought it was still 8 o'clock. Oh, you know what I love is the after-drinking panic attacks that just slowly Mm -hmm. come. So what did you do last night? We went to a friend's house. Actually, Christine, who was our... Career mom. Yeah, career mom guest. We went over there. We just hung out and had dinner and drank, and the kids played and watched movies, and we really just sat around and socialized. What'd you have for dinner? What was your last meal of 2019? They made prime rib and green beans. Yeah. Caesar salad. Scalloped potatoes. Oh. It was a good meal. Like scalloped potatoes from Costco or homemade? No, from Costco. The Costco ones are the shit. They were very good. I just wanted to know. Yeah, that's okay. The green beans were homemade. Christine just whipped those bad boys up. And canned or fresh? Fresh. No, it wasn't green beans. Sorry, it was asparagus. What the hell is wrong with you? Both of which I like a lot. I know. You were drunk. Because they're different. They're long and green. I'm sorry. They are, but I I just was thinking, I was not thinking clearly. I get it. Pretty sure at some point I did the splits last night, but it didn't throw out my hip like the last time I did it. You were drunk and limber. I, um, well, I'm always limber, but. Oh, friggin' pervert. Get a room with yourself. Ugh. Ugh, gross. So, anyway, we did that and we stayed up till. 12 and we watched the ball drop we did watch me and ryan seacrest and posty were oh all gosh. together oh danny was there too and this just in jamie <laughs> loves post malone i do she a few weeks ago was feeling a little i took her out for an evening and she was just like oh my gosh on our mom date yeah amber i love post malone i love his face i love his music and she was just like really feeling it why do I sound like your mom? Because you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what did you do last night? 
we usually never do anything because we don't have the older ones, obviously. We just have the younger ones. They don't know what New Year's means, so we usually just go to bed. But there's a neighbor down the street who has four kids, and our son goes to school with one of their sons, and it's walking distance, which is always nice. So we went there. They did like a really last minute sort of thing. There was food. I brought hummus crackers. Did you make it? Was it homemade or was it from Costco? <laughs> it was from Target. <gasps> Blasphemy. And I had, um, so I think I got the sun-dried tomato. Oh, okay. Triscuits. Oh. That shit's bomb. Usually you feel like you're crunching away on styrofoam. Yes. But this was like flavored styrofoam. Nice. With sodium. It was good. So we had that and then we had the, they had made tamales for Christmas. So we had tamales mm, and then there was so like good. seaweed salad. Gross. It was just a bunch of different things and I did work. Who made seaweed salad? Costco. <laughs> Who bought the seaweed salad? She's a vegetarian. So she tries to get different types of nutrients like through beans and seaweed and stuff like that. I actually like it, but I love every green vegetable. Yeah, that's true. Vegetables are one of the things that I can throw up and then still eat. Like, not in the throw-up version, but, like, the next day. Like, Got I it. could still eat green beans, but you and I know right. that them green beans didn't settle too well. No. But I'll eat them today. We played beer pong, which I have not played in a very long time, and we watched the 9 o'clock ball drop with Christina Aguilera's oh. performance. I have feelings about that, but... Neither here nor there. Right. So Christina performed. So then we got the kids home and I was asleep by 1030. Oh, because I am sick. I went to urgent care. It has to quote unquote run its course. Mm. So I'd rather just have my $50 copay back and just go lay down. And I got the good cough syrup. Nice. So I just. Did you bring it and put it in our champagne? I didn't. So New Year. But I do. I used to hate New Year's. I just didn't care about it. Mm-hmm. But as I get older, I kind of find that it is something that initiates reflection okay. for me. Okay. Particularly like 2020. That's like a thing. Yeah. You know? It is. I'm still recovering from Y2K. <laughs> All those computer crashes and everything. Right. Oh my God. I'm really stressed out about it. Okay. So let's start with our first series of questions. So we're going to alternate taking out of the bag and reading out loud and you're going to give your response and then I'll give mine. Okay. And then you can give, um, so you've never seen these questions. I have never seen them, but I have because I wrote them. You did and on very nice paper. Oh yeah. What bad habit will you finally stop in 2020? That's for you, boo. Oh gosh. This is similar to a question that we did ask on our Instagram. What are some bad habits that you're hoping to break this year. I think if I had to pick one, what I really want to focus on is stop tying my gratification and everything to everyone else's mood or happiness or whatever. Like if if you're not okay, I'm not okay. Then I have to fix it. And if you're okay, then I'm okay. But then that leaves me worrying about when it won't be okay again. My kids, my spouse, my friends, co-workers... Pretty much anyone I meet. I mean, even people that I don't even care about. Mm-hmm. People that mean nothing. Like, if my ex-husband's mad at me, I'm I'm upset with myself. Which is so ridiculous. It has nothing to do with him. It has to do with me. So, this year, I'm really trying to focus on living and doing things that, if I'm okay with it, then I'm okay. And if you're not okay, I'm here for you. But it's not tied to my well-being or my state of mind. That's a very good idea. 
Also, I mean, overeating, not working, you know, all that bullshit that like every single thing. I mean, I'm so clear on how well I'm going to eat after I do work on Mm Chick-fil-A. And that's, you know, like every week I'm like, oh my gosh, I am going to stop eating. I got to get my eating back on track. So I don't even, I can't even put that in a resolution anymore. It's just like a daily reminder. Yeah. For me, I don't know if I, see, and this is why I don't believe in setting resolutions or. It's not a resolution. It's a bad habit. Okay. It is a bad habit, but I have, there are lots of things that I need to change about myself that I drink entirely too much alcohol to some people. Do you think you drop, you drink too much in amount or in frequency? Or sames. Samesies. I'm not dependent. I'm, like, I'm not alcoholic because I don't need you it to function. You could stop whenever you want. I could. I did, actually. I've done it multiple times where I've right. just stopped drinking for months. But I like to. I enjoy it. I'm having a second glass of champagne right now. And it's a fancy champagne and I like it. Thanks, Rich. So is that something you really want to work on? Or you just want to evaluate more appropriate times? I think I need to not drink when I'm like, oh, I'm so stressed or da da da. Yes. Sometimes we go out and we just want to go have a good time and right. we have some drinks and we people watch and we laugh and it's like the best night ever. But there's the rare occasions where it's like, I've had the shittiest week, like, let's go. And that does not end well. Um, I think I just, I want to, I don't know what the right answer is, to be honest, because I do enjoy drinking. I like drink, drinking a lot of good liquor and champagne and wine. (laughs) I like all of it. But I also don't feel, I just know it'll be healthier for myself, like my body. Yes. Um, But it's always something that I am conscious of. I have the tendency to cut something out altogether. Right. And like sugar or carbs or alcohol or whatever. And then when I have decided that 30, 60, 90 days is long enough, right? I go, go back hard. on. Yeah. So like I, for some, like soda, I cut out soda three years ago and I have not had any, I mean, I'll have a sip of Sprite or something, but right. for whatever reason, it was just the timing because I used to drink Diet Pepsi all the time and I love it, Yeah. but it's not healthy. I actually thought it was something causing my anxiety, so I quit drinking it because I thought that would help. It didn't. Right. But hindsight's twenty twenty. Right. But I still stopped it. And like for fast food, I can stop uh-huh. eating it because it's so unhealthy. And then it'll be three months, six months, and I will have McDonald's and it's still just as good as it was. I think there's a lot of things you have to be not you, but for myself. I just say to myself, with alcohol, certainly with food with relationships, pretty much everything in my life. I have to be like intentional about yes. it. Mostly with the alcohol and food because I can be kind of indulgent. So I just have to be intentional. And some nights when I way overeat or I have too much sugar or if I have too much alcohol, the next day I'm like, all right, I did not win that one. Right. Because I know when I'm going too hard, but then I just kind of get this YOLO streak and I name someone who doesn't have something they have to be intentional about. Right. And it's just my thing. Yeah. No, that's fair. And I, that's why I kind of, I don't use the end of the year mm-hmm. to reflect on those things. Right. Because I am super critical of myself. I reflect on them every single day. Right. I, give me a reason to tell me <laughs> I'm doing a bad job. So, all right. Did we have any responses to that? We did have responses to that. One ill Alicia 
says that she needs to stop saying okay when she means no. Good I've, one. Yes. I have heard that from so many people that they just, and I do the same thing, just saying okay or I'm a passive aggressive okay or mm-hmm. I'll say no and people will continue and I'll just say okay. Yes, you are. That is accurate. And then I think, oh, by my okay, they'll know how mad I am and they will stop. But no, they think, broker. Yeah. And I like this one, Laurel Mills 28. In fact, Laurel, I went on your page after you responded because your freaking picture is cute as hell. Look at Laurel in her hat. Oh, so cute. You're super cute. And hers is to make it less important to have a cocktail to be more open and less nervous at social events. Oh, that is a very good one. That is an awesome answer. And I wish that having a cocktail was because I had <laughs> social anxiety, but I, it do, is not, 100%. I do not. It Aggie, Aguil, Aguil 77. I don't know what your name is, but she says emotional eating, which... Same when, girl. Yeah. When you figure that out, let me know. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, let's celebrate and eat. Oh, I've had a bad day. Let's eat. Oh, this day's been mediocre. I'd make it better with food. I get you. I hear you. Grayson's mom says being codependent on my husband, which Grayson's mom, you got me in the feels with that. I get it. Also, my sister, Megan, says eating all the things. (laughs) I saw that one. Which, again, again, it's now we all know it's hereditary. So thanks, parents. Those are our responses. Okay. All right. Next question. Do I pick? We'll go back and forth. Yeah. Okay. Best memory of 2019 or best thing that you did, best choice, best memory, something that sticks out in a good way. 100% March 22nd, 2019 is the day that we adopted our baby boo. Oh my gosh. And it was over. Then you could it just. It was finally over. It was 18, 19 months of court process of fostering and adoption. And I think what people don't understand with fostering is it isn't an orphan who has no family. Right. It is a child who has tons of court involvement. Mm -hmm. You have meetings with doctors, meetings with social workers, appointment after appointment. You have to write down every scratch. Yes. You have people in and out of your home. You have, in your case, intervention with birth families. You have meetings with... It is very trying. It's not just... I have this baby in my house and I love him and then one day we'll get our court date. Right. And I think that a lot of people who don't understand or have never been through the foster slash adoption process, which we did not want to sign up for. This was not something on our radar. This was a completely different scenario um, that was presented to us when we had already decided that we were not going to have any more kids. Mm-hmm. Um, the hardest part of the entire process, and I think that makes the adoption day so much better than any period of time or any any event during the timeline, was that up until March 22nd, 2019, I was so certain that this baby boy would be taken from us. Right. Um, there was never a day that I felt that this is it. We're going to have them forever before right. that day, just because it was so all over the place up and down for the entire time that anytime somebody would say, aren't you so excited? You're going to be able to adopt them soon. Right. Da, da, da. No, it's I'm not, not until we are signing in front of a judge, even when parental rights were terminated, I still felt that. Something was going, the other shoe was going to drop. And it was so, so 
hard. That is what she said. Yeah, she did. She Sometimes. Did. That was kind of perverted. All right. What about you? Best memory. Well, I would say I I got a job in 2019 in February was when I started. I was looking for a job for a long time and I was very nervous about it. I It was a huge transition. And every job I would interview for, I just wasn't quite sure. And this one felt, because I'd been home for so long and my self-esteem was just not where it should be, I think that I didn't feel worthy enough to have a good job. This job paid well. It had great benefits. It was something that I loved, that I was passionate about. It gave me... I just couldn't believe that I would be chosen for this job because it just felt too good to be true. So... I do remember the call when they said you had the job and I was just really proud of myself. I felt, I felt really um, proud and going back to work and yeah, although it's been tough and there's other stuff that comes with it, I just am very proud of myself and I started therapy. So this last year, almost the full year with some exceptions, I have been going to therapy, which has been really, really important for me because I have to deal with past stuff and going forward, I... I deal with stuff that's tough, you know? My job is is tough. My kids have needs that I don't necessarily feel like I can fulfill all the time, and it just feels really good. It's hard, and I don't go and feel wonderful. I almost dread it, but I think it's... I'm really proud of myself for dedicating the time it takes to heal. It's an important thing. So I'm looking forward to 2020. Top three decade memories. Decade. Yeah, the last 10 years. Come on. Something that just pops into your head. Like things that changed your trajectory. Well, Buggy Boy. Yes. He came to you. But that was, I mean, two years ago, so. But still, it definitely changed your trajectory. It did. A lot happens in 10 years, especially from 26 to 36. That's a lot of time. Yeah. I feel like, well, I had our middle child 10 years ago. I think knowing you, and you can say I was wrong, leaving the job that you were comfortable but knew you had no future in. Yes. That was a big deal. We talked about it a lot. That was a very big deal. So that really changed everything. And yeah, it you're right. It did. That was a very good point. I left a job that was not, I mean, it was the same type of career I'm in now, but the company itself was not doing well. Kind of the writing was on the wall three years ago. And so I had to take a leap and thank goodness I did because a lot has changed in the last three years. I'm somewhat successful in my role. I definitely would still be underpaid and undervalued and still trying to make it, if you will, in that old role. Right. And you were where you were the best you were going to be. Yeah. There was nowhere to go from, from the role I had, which is unfortunate because the role that I could be in the future is significantly higher than what role I was in before. So much room for growth where you're at now. And you were absolutely not going to go anywhere. That is true. At the other company because no one could because they were going big. Right. There's that. They were going out of business. But also it was not some a company that valued administrative staff, nor did they value people in general. They just didn't don't value the employees. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if the company stayed open, it was pulling teeth to get a raise or a promotion or anything of that. Right. Nobody should have to work that hard. I think that a lot of people stay in roles that they are comfortable with. Um, and just kind of, okay, well, I didn't get a raise this year. Okay, well, I didn't get a promotion this year. Da, da, da. If you truly are the employee that you think you are and 
you're not getting that recognition or that reward, you need to move on. There are so many companies out there that actually value their people and promote and show that they recognize you as an employee. No one should hate going to their job every day. There is, there is... It's like going home to your family yeah. that you hate. Exactly. Well, it's true. It's You go there every day. There are so many jobs in this world that even if it means changing careers or moving or something, there. Right. if you're not happy or at least not upset about going to your job right. every day, then you're not in the right place. If you are the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. If right. you, you know, if you're not continually, I don't grown, have that problem. So we're good. <laughs> As, I don't either right now. I don't want to say this is so cliche, but life is too short to be undervalued. Right. hundred percent in a job. It's one thing if it's at home and you can't just leave. Right. And you will be undervalued until people you're, you will be undervalued as your role. This is for moms. Yes. You are undervalued. Right. Yes. A hundred percent. Every single mom so, is. But you can't just but up when and you leave. go to yeah, when you go to your job and Right. You spend you, a lot of time there. Sometimes you spend more time at your job than you do at home and Yeah. Um if you're not recognized and I'm I have to reiterate, you need to be a good employee. Right. To, Don't be a piece of shit. Yeah. I was listening to a comedian that said something about a girl oh, if I can find it I'll put it on our Instagram page. But a girl who's like, Oh my gosh, I just got fired from my third job this year. Like what is going on? And she had a bunch of her girlfriends around going, who cares? Like they don't value you. And this comedian said from the outside, was anyone going to step up and say, you're a terrible employee. Yeah. Right. So there is, but if you're in a place where you just, and I think people listening know, like they, they know when they hear it, that they're in a place where they're undervalued, but doing a good job. And if that's the case, then you will be very successful somewhere else because you will interview a place and the people interviewing you will know because they'll hire you and you can succeed. But also, if you're on your third job this year and you've gotten fired from every single one, right. let's just... It's about you. Can we have some reflection? Right. You need a new... You need, you need a new year, new you. <laughs> exactly. More new you than anything. <laughs> Yeah. All right. What about your top three? I only had two, apparently, and you had to come up with a second one. So. <laughs> <laughs> top three. Okay. If I had to go with, like, changing trajectory, the one that really sticks out for me is my divorce. Yeah. That was a really, really big deal. I was with my high school sweetheart, and I put up from three weeks into the relationship up until the minute I walked out, I... Never allowed things that I shouldn't allow. I allowed multiple infidelities, um, talking about being undervalued, like not a bad person. He just had to deal with his stuff. And I remember clear as day walking in and, and the last time being the last time and saying, Nope, you're done. Like peace motherfucker. Yeah. I will. I will not do this anymore. And that was very empowering because I am not what I would call strong. And I certainly wasn't not assertive. Is that your first real experience of really stepping up and standing up for yourself? Absolutely. And I can tell you that I could count on one hand the times that I've actually stood up for myself when things were not good. That was the first one at 26 of saying this is the last time. Mm-hmm. I was young, a two and a half year old. I had no idea what I was going to do, but 
I think it really did. It was really a magical thing, as painful as it was. I threw a laptop. Yeah, you did. You don't, people don't know me. I am not aggressive, but I, I threw a laptop. And so that absolutely obviously changed everything. And I fell so much more in love with myself and with my son because afterwards we had a lot, a lot of time together, just me and my kiddo. And I got so close to my dad and it really broke me of so many bad habits. It humbled me to a point that I could never be humbled. I couldn't, there was times I couldn't get milk. There was times that I couldn't do a lot of things that I would never admit to anyone, and I did. I admitted them to you. I Our friendship got so much stronger mm-hmm. after that. I started to just see things differently. It changed everything for me. Do you, it changed your relationship with your sister, too, yeah? It 100%. I didn't realize the amount of loyal people that I had and disloyal people that I had prior to my divorce. Mm-hmm. You do split everything in a divorce, and that means friends. Yep. I mean, I think if two people fall out of love and they separate, you know, you can share those friends maybe. I don't have that experience to to speak on. But at least when someone is so painfully dishonest and I think infidelity and abuse are the two things that no one should stand by when someone else does that. I lost almost every friend except for you. I lost every friend except for you and... And your husband, you made it. Good job. (laughs) I made the cut. And my family. Yeah. Because I couldn't trust anyone. Right. And I think there is nothing that I learned more than... I didn't learn at that point 100% how to value myself. That's still something I'm working on. But I learned how to value those relationships in my life. Yeah. Because everyone else did things and said things and that I just never thought I would see the day. Mm Mm-hmm. So that changed everything for me, and I have the best memories of just being a single mom and doing it on my own financially and just our own little place. It was just magical and hardest part of my life, but just amazing. Second was foster care. Mm -hmm. That gave me the capacity to love that I just didn't know I had. I honestly felt that I found my purpose and my meaning, and I think that there's nothing more amazing than that. I just thought, okay, this is what God created me to do. Yeah. And even though it's not something I'm doing now, I hope that I get to do it in the future because I'm not lavish with um, compliments for myself, but I'm a really good foster parent. Yeah, but also, and and you say that you're not doing it now, but you're working in a place that helps. I will always give back to that community because that's my passion. Right. I think the very best way I can do it is through being a foster parent, but I will do it in some capacity for the rest of my life because that's just, I found what makes my heart happy. Good. And that I'm good at, that I can really look someone in the eye and say I'm good at it, which is hard for me. And then the third would be just losing two men that really meant a lot and like really shaped me. And again, it, it changed some relationships in my life, which these things do. You know, there was like silver linings in it, but it really is something that made me in in the last 10 years losing two major people from illness, particularly, I think you look at life differently. Mm -hmm. And prior to 26, people aren't losing dads and stepdads and uncles and people. 
Right. You know, you're just living your life. You're doing what you're doing. That has changed things for me in how I value others and relationships. And that's something that I, I want to just work on forever is not waiting till they're sick or gone. Right. Because you don't really know. So that's three. It's been a big 10 years, guys. Yeah, it has. Resolutions. Do you believe in them? Yes or no? Did you make any? And how do you hold yourself accountable? No. Okay. No. Okay, so no, I don't believe in resolutions because I find that, again, putting myself into a box of certain things means I'm going to inevitably fail. And I don't feel like it takes the end of the year or the beginning of a year to... Those shouldn't be the only times that you're setting goals for yourself. (laughs) If that's the case, you're a piece of shit. No. No, you are. If you wait 12 months to reevaluate... Okay. I mean, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm probably somewhere in the middle. But give yourself at least a quarterly check-in. Right? Okay, that's fair. But also, I that being said, I don't do a yearly resolution thing. However, I did just start the Rachel Hollis Start Today journal. Hey, Rachel, come on our podcast. So It'll really help your busy. career. She's busy with her own, okay? Her own company. But so basically what it is, is you picture yourself in 10 years. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, no. You picture yourself. You know what? In... That terrifies me, but keep going. Okay. So you imagine your best you in 10 years and what that is. And it's like, and it's, and even to an extreme, something that is so over the top of what you truly believe that you have the potential of achieving. And that's all aspects of your life. And you, you journal it down. And then you... Every single day in the morning, you write out five things that you're grateful for and then 10 things that are basically goals. So, for example, and, and, and you're writing them as if they are true. Can you give us an example? I can run three miles in 30 minutes. No, I can't. I cannot do it. But every day I will write that in my journal as if I can And so there's going to be 10 of those every single day. And they can change, but for the most part, until you've achieved them, they don't ever come off. And then at the end of that list, you choose one that you're going to focus on to achieve first. So what are you going to achieve first? And then how are you going to, what are you going to do today that's going to get you to that goal? That's literally a resolution. No, it's not. Because it's 10 years from now. Uh, Yeah. And it's a thing that I do, and it's a thing I do every single day. It's not something I'm doing in January 1 for the whole year. Every day I will write these things, and it's not saying what I should be in 10 years or what I can be. It is saying that I am that today right. already. You just have to show yourself. And then what am I doing that is moving me towards one of these things? And then once you've achieved that, you go to another one. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't do multiple at a time. But her point is that trying to go all in on a bunch of things. I am so good at that. Well, and so you're less likely to achieve them. And if that's true. Unless, and then, well, it's true. And then set instead, pick something and focus on that. And once you achieve that, choose something else. And a lot of the time by, for example, my first goal of running three miles in 30 minutes Will not only get me a to ten that ten minute mile. Yeah. Well, whew, not only get to that goal, but I'll also probably lose some weight, feel better about myself, right? Which are all on the list, and you know, be able to ha- have you know hike more because I love to hike, but it's so hard with this sweet body shape. 
Right. Um, so, anywho, by achieving certain goals, you're able to uh, work towards other ones right. without actually focusing specifically on a bunch of different goals. So, you're choosing to do that in lieu of resolutions. Yes, ma'am. Okay. What about you? Do you do you believe in resolutions? I, I, I don't believe in resolution a new year resolution. I do believe in the idea of reflecting and I think there is a feeling that comes on New Year's Day of sort of a new beginning. Yes. It's not like a rebirth, but it's like a Is there a placenta involved? There, they smell. Can you go ahead and shop that up, make it pills, I'll swallow it. Oh my gosh, we have to have that mom on. Can we? If you're that mom, can you please message me? Please. Yes. Send us. us. I want to know that you ate your placenta and we will have you on the show. And, I I mean, preferably that you, like, cut it up like a steak. I would love to know that you made a a meaty stew out of it. But (laughs) if you just put it in pills, you're still legit. But can we talk to you? I want to know that you roasted it with some russets. Oh, yeah, some rosemary and russets oh, and a lot of butter. Oh, if you have rutabaga in that mix, girl, put on some rice. Um, I don't believe in resolutions. I don't believe in writing them down. I think that if it works for you, I wish I could be more like that. But I think that I go through multiple yeah. times throughout the year where I'm like, this situation is not serving me. I do nothing about it over and over again. Yep. And then I do something about it. I feel better. Then I go back to that shitty habit. And then I... So I think I just don't have my life together enough where I'm like, yeah, once a year is great. And I'll just work towards that. I know people that are great at that. Do we have responses for that one? We do have responses for resolutions. I took a poll on whether you make resolutions or not. Can't really figure out how to read that. (laughs) I'm new to the old... Insta? Oh, yeah. But we did ask if there was resolutions, and one ill Alicia said, making sleep a priority. Um, I am proud to say that I have napped every single day for the last week and a half. I took a (sighs) banger of a nap today. That's what she said. Yes, I did. (laughs) It was the, you wake up and you have crusted drool on your face. And you you, don't know what decade you're in. You don't know what (laughs) decade. You, you wake up in a new decade, right? I just was like, I need a, I need a scotch a shut eye because the doctor did say you need rest and fluids, mm. and I was like, oh, okay. okay, on it, right? First of all, give me my fifty bones back. I could have googled that. Second of all, rest and fluids, champagne and a nap. It is yes. It's my so kind had, of doctor. I had crusted drool on one side of my face. I nice. didn't know what time of day it was. It was, it was a good one. Yes, Alicia. I agree. Make sleep a priority. I do my best. I don't sleep well at night at all, but girl, if you can mm-hmm. squeeze in an hour nap, oh my gosh, it will make you a new person. A whole new woman. So there is a page called Enough Nick, and I think it's pretty relevant because we are a mom's podcast, and they are a nonprofit. I'm going to shout you out so the 19 listeners we have might actually care. Their nonprofit is working hard to end the epidemic of teen nicotine use. Oh. Which I think people overlook the nicotine habit. It's gross. I've, <laughs> I've learned okay. in my older age how to properly. 
Yes, I think that it is a big deal, particularly now that there's vaping, because from the mouth of my 13-year-old, he talks about how, oh, but this one doesn't have nicotine. Nobody. They all, they all have nicotine. So I think it's been 15 steps back with the vaping, because yeah. they don't even get it. Right. Instead when of a Marlboro Man, there's now candy canes. When your, when your cartridge has the same flavor as a Snapple, we have a problem. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. And you know what? I want you to know if you guys are listening to this, because I will shout you out, message us on how exactly you're doing this. How do how does a nonprofit work to end this? Help us out enough, Nick. Another resolution from Grayson's mom says to create a rhythm for her and her family. Oh, that I is love a, that. That is a good it's one. So attainable. Yes. And it's so important. We oh gosh, I struggle with this. We don't have a rhythm. And once we get it, I feel like it changes. My son has therapy now going forward every single night. I work late into the night, but I have Mondays off. My son goes to Arizona one weekend a month. This one goes to visit her birth family. This is a, There is no rhythm, and f- at least for me, mm-hmm. it is so uncomfortable. Yep. So Grayson's mom, I do want to know how you're doing that. And I think that when it's a couple who isn't separated and jobs are fairly predictable... I think that it is so attainable and something that would be like really changing because it looks from her picture that Grayson's a little baby. Madeline 417 says less time on the phone, more time with people. Oh, I like that. Except for if you're <laughs> listening to our podcast, you can take as yes. much time as you need. Exactly. Get off social media, but also listen all the time. Twice a day if you can. I did this this year because I told you one time I took a break from social media, but I also thought to myself how dangerous it was that I had this tribe of of moms and women and friends that I thought I knew very well because I would see them on Facebook and I knew their kids' names and I think it gives you a false sense of security mm-hmm. or a false sense of um, intimacy. Yes. Not like perverted intimacy, but right. friendship. And I truly realized that I don't know anyone really besides you. Mm-hmm. When things happen in my life, I reach out to you. And I started feeling like, man, I dump on Jamie when I have these bad years. I'm going to, like, grow this. So this year I did. I picked two people and I invited them out. And it was really hard for me because I don't like meeting new people. I don't like doing new things. I don't like trying new places. It just makes me uncomfortable. But I did. And people that I talked to frequently but literally was over years since I had seen them. Right. And we did things and it was really great. I It's been really good for me. So I hope that that is something that Madeline, you can do. And I think you will immediately yes, that see is the, the fruits of your labor because it is work. Relationships are hard. They're time consuming. We do have a Giel 77, which we have learned is Amanda. Mm-hmm. And this one's pretty big. She said, getting better after kidney removal surgery, going back to work, and losing weight that you've put on. That's a big... I'm going to suggest maybe that is like a decade choice. That's a big deal. Little steps. Focus on something. Right. Good for you. I also want to know when this airs, and I will tag all of you you followers, I want to know your plan. So how do you... Do you write them down? Do you make a vision board? What do you do? How do you address that? I made a vision board and I found it in my closet today. And a lot, Ironic. A lot of it 
still applicable. Very applicable. Was it all about losing weight, eating right, feeling good? Uh, a lot of it, some of it was, but more so focusing on my faith and focusing or and travel to certain places. Now, Spokane, Washington was not on there, but it should be. It will be, girl. It will be. The family. And then there's this really, really sweet poem. So it must have been like at least 10 years that I've had it because it was literally about a mom. You moved it from your last house yes. to your new house. Okay. Yes. So it's been sitting in a closet and I thought today I need to do a vision board. I want you to take a picture of that poem so we can post it up. Oh, I will. Also so I can cry because it was, it's good. I actually haven't cried today. So kudos to me. Good job. New year, new me. <laughs> right. Okay. Never made a vision board. Oh, this one I'm curious because I have one very strong. Worst fashion trend of 2019 that you will be happy to see go. 2019. Just of the last year? Just this last year that you really noticed this is going to have to stop. I want to say high-waisted, not jeans, because I love me to some oh, high-waisted jeans high to tuck in. But like the high-waisted leggings with the crop tops. It's a rough one. It's cute if you're like 17. And small. And, and little. And now I'm not judging some people per se. But it's just not flattering on anyone, to be completely honest. Yes. When I can see a camel toe, no. no not one okay. No pulls off a camel toe. No. No, no, no. And no that's... one where you go like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. She has, she rocks the cutest camel toe I have ever seen. And if you do, you're gross. Right. Like, if that's the case, you're a pervert and get some help. What was yours? For sure, the biker shorts. I can't. With the 80s biker yeah. shorts that go to the knee, the Kardashian Ugh. tribe was super into it. And okay. I will say this too, and it, this is going to come off mean, so go ahead and at me and, and give me a pearl of wisdom. I've been finding, and maybe this is always true and it's just part of age, is that young women are getting confident in, I can wear whatever I want. Yes. Yes, you can. But should you? Right. Know your limits. If you're a buck 82, don't crop it, girl. Just don't. And I'm going to get hate for it. And I understand. And I love that if you love, I love that you love your body because I was a size two all through high school. I was stunning in my early twenties and I hated every bit of myself. I'm working on that, but you can embrace your beauty without shoving it into some high-waisted jeans where you get done laps and you wear like a sports bra. Right? You can wear whatever you want, but you probably shouldn't. Um, I think that we have grown into a society that tells women and girls that it's okay to be you, that nobody, you can't be an object, nobody can objectify you or tell you who you can and cannot be. Right. Um, but I think we're forgetting that along with those guidelines, you need to have some dignity. Right. Don't objectify yourself. Right. You know what? We live in a society where every movie, every commercial, every TV show, every song talks about women and sex yes. and all of the things that go along with it. And then you walk out looking like a girl from one of those videos. Right. I mean... Can you, you dress like that? Yes. Yes. Should, should you get violated for it? Absolutely not. That is deplorable and a, and a disgusting way. But why do it? Mm-hmm. Love yourself enough. Right. I mean, yeah, own it. If you think you are the hottest, sexiest thing and right. you're doing it for yourself, amen, sister. 
Do it in but, Texas. But, however, don't expect that the rest of the world is going to change their mentality because you don't like it. Yeah. I understand that you think you're beautiful. And, and you should. And if you truly did, you don't have to show so much. Mm. And this is coming from a mother of girls and one who has raised teenagers and one who has looked at them and saw beauty that didn't involve nipples and red lipstick and cleavage. And also from an early 20-year-old that would just rock a whorish outfit to a bar mm-hmm. because I could. And just, again... Just because you can, just because people should respect you no matter what you wear and what you do, doesn't mean they're going still to. Still be respectable. Yeah. Come on now. Song title to describe 2019. Have you been, because this is not fair because you've probably been preparing I for this. I haven't even thought of one, but I thought that, I can't even think of a song title. I don't even know what I had for dinner, but I'm sure I burnt it. So, song title. Let me think. Go. I'm asking you, sister. A song title for 2019 would be Post Malone's oh, stop. <laughs> you Wow. Know, because I love him. Because it's not just wow. It's Ugh. wow, period. It's so good. It's a great song. It's actually I one love of my it. favorite songs. It's actually, number one, this is why I do it. It's not wow exclamation. You're it's right. not wow question mark. It's just wow, period. And I think that 2019 for me has been sort of a... More saying it, it would be wow in italics, like wow, just a lot. Okay, rise up. Oh my gosh, I if you put that song on right now, I would cry. Ready? You're broken down and tired. Okay, I take it back. This is mine too. That is, if that's going to be your song for 2020, my song, I think, aside from Wow by Post Malone. <laughs> Which is the song of all the time. Decade. I am going to have mine, I've changed the question. So what's our song for 2020? I think mine for 2020 is going to be Fix My Eyes for King Country. I don't know what that is. All right, that's it. That's my 2020. That's my Barbara Walters. Okay. That was yours. That was mine for 2020. I changed the question. Something you learned from 2019 that you will use for the rest of your life. This is a a 2018, 2019 transition. I think 2017 was a very... 2017, 2018 were very hard years for our family. Um, 2019 has turned had turned out to be a bit better. 2017, our oldest, who's 12, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. She was 10 at the time. It was right before the, it was literally two weeks before the end of her fifth grade year. And she is literally the strongest person I know because I don't know where she gets, how she gets the courage and the strength to give herself shots basically daily right herself and if not if it's not a shot she's got something connected to her at mm-hmm. all times whether it be a sensor or an uh, insulin pump there's something plugged into her all of the time um, and will be for the for rest, the of, rest her of her life. life and just in case anyone's wondering and I know I've already said this before but don't come at me with your cures for type 1 diabetes it is not curable unless she gets a brand new pancreas <laughs> Right. Which is a thing. There are but things n- that can help the symptoms. There yes. is no cure. Yes, correct. Again. Hence the reason she's... Diabetes, pl- autism. 
Right. Lyme disease. So don't get me with your essential oils. That's out of the way. <laughs> Anywho, I think that she taught me more than anything, and again, over the last couple of years, more than anything is that you can be thrown something so random, because it doesn't run in our family. It happens to whoever. Mm-hmm. It's a childhood disease, but some adults will get it, and they call it late-onset childhood diabetes. Oh. But, why don't they just call it adult diabetes? Because basically adulthood is late onset childhood. <laughs> Maybe. Right? I don't know. That being said, I think the lesson that I learned was that life is really, really hard sometimes, but you either get through it or you die. And if you yeah. die for me, I'm going to be in heaven and I'm cool with that. And that's awesome. And I know dying is like the easiest part. That is the out. That is the easy out. That is you get to spend the rest of right. your it's life. It's not your fault if you died this year. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if you're fearing death, that's the easiest part. Living through anything you're going through. That's the that's hardest part. That's the hardest part. Because you need to fight through it. You need to get through it. And this is something that she will never again get over. But she still continues every single day to go through it. And there is no stopping. There is no point where it will be over. And I think that we, at least you and I, but maybe most adults, see her insulin pump or, you know, more so obviously you guys than me, but your phone will go off and she'll be high. Yep. And I will get this, oh my gosh, that's her baby. Oh, and we look at her and just... And she's just, like, walking through, like, right. yeah, I did some work on some carbs. Just got to give myself a shot. She has rolled with it in a way. Right. And is it because her youth or the essence of who she is or what her spirit? Right. I choose to believe it's just who she is. I think because so. Because in many ways, like, she is above average. Agreed. And so. Not just because she's my kid. Right. I think. Because if it had been one of my other ones. <laughs> forget about it. <laughs> I think that as adults and parents, particularly, we look at each other with a sense of worry or right. walking on eggshells where she has just taken it like a full on champ. Right. And I think in addition to that, not not in addition to the medical issues that come with it, but being a 10, 11, 12 year old, one of three in her school who with type one diabetes and Having friends, you know, sixth grade was really hard for her. Really hard because... Sixth grade sucks ass. It does. For the typical perfect, I was adorable, thin, smart, and I would never be a sixth grader again. No. If you have anything... Right. You have a zit and sixth grade becomes right. the worst day of ever. And yes, that is true. And I think though adding to it that now all of a sudden your friends don't know anything about what's going on because... Who nobody does at 10 and 11 years old, but also you're different now. You'll always be different. And having to understand that the rest of the 10 and 11 and 12 year old world can't comprehend that and cope with that. And they think you're weird. Um, and then you don't have friends. She literally lost every single friend. She had friends that were calling her the diabetes girl. And who were her friends, but thought it was funny and it was just a joke, but really it's hurting her feelings because that she doesn't want to be known as the diabetes girl. And so, you know, going from having to pick her up almost every single day from school early because she's crying in the bathroom because she's being excluded from absolutely everything to this year where she has a huge group of friends and 
you know, a best friend that we didn't even know if she would ever have a best friend because kids suck. Right. It really is. And she has turned it around. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy for the rest of her life. And this is probably far from easy for her. But she has really... 2019, she she came into her own. She did. I think she owned it. She has a lot of personality. I, I don't want to say issues. And I call them quirks. She's quirky. She's just doesn't give a shit about anything. She just... She's kind... She's very, very much like her dad. She's a 35-year-old woman living in a 12-year-old body. She tells body. us we're immature. Yes. So... Yes. Which she's not wrong. No, she's not. Um, But she really has... She Like you said, she has come into her own this year. She has a great group of friends that she didn't have last year. And I think it's not any fault of anyone. I think it's just a hard situation all around, especially at this age. All the kids understand. And, and I think now that the parents know... It's really nice that, oh, well, my niece is type one or my neighbor's type one or, or whatever. And again, these are things I never even thought about because I didn't know anyone with type one until she was yeah. diagnosed. And now my neighbor's kid has it. And right. somebody that lives half a mile down the street has it. All that to say, she has been my lesson uh-huh. for 2019 is that she's kind of doing the damn thing. She is. And that if she can do it, I can do it. Yeah. And I tell her that all of the time. She is strong. To which she brushes off because... Right. Because she's my daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And she's not really hard into them feelers. No, she does not like... She doesn't have a lot of them. You have a lot. She doesn't have any... I'm jealous. ...things. Um, anywho, what was your lesson this year? Or in 2019? Late in 2019, I... Can't even remember. I do remember, but I don't want to say it because it makes me sound terrible. But I had been drinking. We went somewhere. I was doing something, and and I was just sitting there. And for some reason, I just closed my eyes, and this and the feeling hit you. Yes, the beat dropped. The beat dropped. I just I got low, and <laughs> did shorty get low, 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 low? Oh my gosh! I was just really feeling it, and I just thought to myself, out of nowhere, which is something I would never think. It's not that serious. And I've struggled with this obsession with how serious life is. I think when I was younger, it was, well, I'm dating someone. If they don't want to marry me, then why? Then I'm doing something wrong. And if, I, if I'm not, a, I can't just be an employee. I have to be a manager. I have to be a supervisor. I can't just go in and get a B. I have to get an A. And, you know, I everything was so serious and not a competition, but a it was black and white. You were the best and great or worst. Oh, if I if I don't have a baby young. Oh, if I'm not the best mom. If I'm not feeding them. And I just learned for myself in 2019, it just hit me a little bit, where stop taking everything so seriously. You got a divorce. Big deal. You've gained a lot of weight. Okay. Um, you got really drunk and made an ass of yourself. Not the first person. And my dad always, my dad always, he's just has so many pearls of wisdom. And he says to me, you're not the first person who's ever done X, Y, Z. And you're not the last. Oh, so you paid a bill late and your credit's shit. You're not the first person with shitty credit. You won't be the last person. You're just a number in a list of people who've made a little bit of a mistake. So I think going into next year, I'm trying to realize Worst case scenario isn't that bad. Best case scenario is pretty good. And anywhere in between is fine. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've been in dire, terrible situations. 
and I've made it through the worst of every day. So I needed to stop taking it so seriously. I need to focus on my happiness, not at the expense of others, but just embracing who I am. I really want in 2020 to say, I love myself. I love my, you know, the choices I've made. I think I'm really great because I haven't done that yet. So in 2019, I learned to just let it go and not be so serious about it. I mean, I do. And maybe it is my job and foster care where there's some pretty serious shit out there, you guys. Mm -hmm. Serious stuff that you don't think goes on and that you learn as you get an adult. Yes, this is very serious. Nothing in my life has or will come close to this. Right. So big deal. You lose a home or you don't have money in the bank. It's really not that serious. Okay. Something that you hope for, for your parenting or for your kids in 2020? Well, that's a good question. Let's ask the social medias. Okay. In social media, we did also ask, what's the lesson that you learned this year that you hope to bring into next year? We had a response from, again, damn Laurel Mills, 28, with her, I just, I love. Get over the hat. It's the hat, it's the hair, it's the brows. You're nailing it, okay? I just want you to know you're nailing it, Laurel. She said, less stuff equals more joy. I'd like to learn crickets. that. Yeah, I, I'm, as I sit in my trailer and think, wow, I really like my trailer. I can't afford a lot of stuff, so I don't know what it feels like to live with less stuff. I wouldn't stuff. know. <laughs> I will say this. I do go into bouts where I just want to get rid of everything. Okay. I want a tiny home it. Because they're that, so cute. They and you are. think how much everybody would get along but I, living in the tiny home? No. I, tiny home? That's what brings me back to reality is the thought of eight, not even 800 square feet, 400 square feet, 500 square feet with my family. Like, it gives me like a rage. Zip. You need an eight bedroom home at this point. <laughs> right. I think, I don't know. It is food for thought because it seems lovely to be in a forest with like land in this tiny house. Yes. But Laurel, you're onto something. Let us know how it goes for you. Yes. I will. I want to check in on you in about March. I will say that at least when I am like buying Christmas presents, I think to myself, this is just more stuff that my kids are not going to use. And when I go into my kids' rooms, I think for my kids, I do believe more stuff does not mean more happiness because what they really want from me is my attention. And I can't give that because I have to make money to buy them stuff. Right. <laughs> but I will say... 60% of the stuff in my home I could get rid of and probably not miss. Yeah. What's your percentage? Yours has to be more than 60. I think it's like 80. Totally. I think there's very few things in my home that truly bring me joy. My KitchenAid mixer is one of those things that would stay, as are my pillows. Oh, a good pillow. It's hard a to find. A good pillow is the last thing to go. Especially when your dog chews it up. Both uh. of them. One ill Alicia who was really great with the saying, okay, when I mean no, mm. I love it. Mm -hmm. She says that change is normal and doesn't need to be resisted. Mm, that's good. That's true. I think, do I re resist? Okay. Yes. This is coming from someone who won't try a new bar, yeah. new gym, new car wash, new gas station, new anything. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I resist it. Yeah, you do. I really do. It's hard for me. You actually said a while ago, like, I love to try new food and new things new like restaurants and stuff and I'm like bitch no you don't that's think, a big fat lie who are you talking to I think if there's anything that I could easily go to that would be different it is food because I love food and I want to try new foods okay 
But if it's a bar or, I mean, I don't go to a clubs, but if it's a bar and for whatever reason, a gym or a car wash or... Why? What, what is so different about these things? They I, all, I don't even know. The drinks are going to be the same at a different bar. Well, Somebody's still going to fall off a bar stool. Exactly. I think, I think in 2020, honestly, this is not a resolution, but I'm committed to like really trying new things because I don't like this resistance that I have and this weird anxious response I have to the thought of trying. You mean your social anxiety? Yeah. I'm already medicated for anxiety and I'm every time I go to the doctor for an ailment, it's because of stress. But I am like, what am I supposed to do? Tune in to our next episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just kidding. There is going to be an episode though where we're going to have three different anxiety moments. Oh yeah. You guys will know all about it. Grayson's mom says to be open ended in your planning and be all right with change. Oh, okay. So not okay. have like right. a very set structure of what's going to happen and be okay with flexibility. I like that because mm-hmm. I think I'm in a space right now too where I'm making daily decisions to be present and to not focus on the end. And I think that's part of where she's going with that. I'm open-ended in what the end of this series might look like, but today this is the choice I'm making. It could end in one way. It could end in another way. But at the end of the day, today is my focus. So I do like that, Grayson's mom. Good job, Grayson. So this is You've Gotta Be Kidding Me, which is actually... Oh, Miranda! I love Miranda. She is our co-parenting mom. And she did make a response of resolutions are not her thing at all. But... She has said that one of the lessons you learned this year to bring into next year is to have grace. I like that. And I agree. I think I am very willing to give grace to others. Cannot, for the life of me, give it to myself. So I'm working on that for sure. Beautiful Chaos Blog, who I love. Fashion trend to try in 2020. Okay, there is one that I tried in 2019 that I love. What is it? It's not only high-waisted jeans, but it's high-waisted flare, like almost bell-bottom jeans. Oh, it's a thing. I love it. Um, Sister Studio wears it all yes, the time. Yes, from Express, and I got them. I just have to... Yeah, I'm shouting out Sister Studio blog. Yeah, you are. She's and are you going to do a cute, like, French tuck? I do. I tuck in the front, mm-hmm. and I wear my... In fact, I have a pair that I bought that I love, but they're just... A little short. I got. I found them from Sister Studio, and they're just a little bit short. I can only wear them with flats, mm. so I do have to bring them in. They have a thick hem, so I'm going to do that. And they're high waisted. They're dark. They have exposed buttons. What? I know. Stop. But this is a trend that I want to try and own in 2020. Is a bold lip. <gasps> you love yourself a bold lip. I do, and I put it on before I go places. And then I take it off because I feel like I'm trying too hard. Just own the bold lip. I had red lipstick on when I was playing a character. Yeah, you did. And it's so fun. But I also feel like when I go out, all I can think about is my bold lipstick and that people can see in my eyes that all I can think about (laughs) is how bold my lipstick is. You know what it is? The lipstick wears me. I don't wear the lipstick. Well, in 2020, you need to turn that around. Okay. For your birthday, when we go... I am going to put on a bold lip and I'm going to own it. Okay. What about you? Well, to be now that you're saying this, I kind of think to myself, I have never worn lipstick. Ever. I hate it. I hate the flavor of it. 
Yeah. But... I'm not a huge makeup gal. I'm not. And so I feel like I... Now that you're saying this, maybe I should actually just try and wear makeup on a regular basis. Do you ever look at people with makeup and think, I would love to, to try that? Yes. Do you think that this is going to be your year for a little makeup? I think it might be. I'm going to attempt to do it. Should I start tomorrow? I have some makeup. Do you have to go back to work tomorrow? I do. Then I think you just you just do it. I do appreciate that. Anywho. All right. What's our next? If 2019 was a book, what would the title be? If 2019 were a book, it would be the same title of every year, which would be dishes, period, laundry, <laughs> period, lack of sleep, dot, dot, dot. Got it. Okay. That would be the, but actually my biography is coming out and it's called underappreciated semicolon laundry (laughs) dishes. My littlest will finish a juice box and she will take the corner of the Capri Sun after she drinks it and squeezes it and kind of just flick her wrist. Mm. So it spins around and drops behind her. And it's just, she just walks away like yellow bitch kiddo out. Good luck with this silvery trash. My son, eight-year-old, walks into the home and will strip down to his boxers as he's walking to the living room, and it's just a trail of clothes. It's kind of cute, but... It's adorable. Maddening. He, yeah, he's got the juiciest bunsies, and it's so cute, and he arches his back and sticks his tummy out, and I love I love the naked version of my kid. What I hate is the amount of parenting it's going to take for me to teach them to stop. I'm just not there yet. So, Tori's book is going to be called, She Finally Taught the Kids Some Respect. So what's your 2019 book? Still a shit show. Right. Oops, I did it again, comma, what in the actual fork. Exactly. But what's 2020? Do you feel hopeful that it's a new year and it's like an opportunity to start over? Or is it just another day? All of this talk has actually motivated me a little bit more. Yeah, so Hey, listeners, I hope... Hashtag motivated. Hashtag new year, new you. Hashtag 2020. Hashtag do it. I do feel a little, I, I do feel motivated. I That may be because I slept until um, oh. 11.20 today, but only because I stayed up till well after midnight, 12.32. Danny told told me this afternoon that I gave him the golden promise. What's the golden promise? When I tell him, in his world, I tell him or insinuate that we're going to have sex and then I get drunk and pass out. That's a golden promise? Right, because it never happens. I don't know why he calls it that. However, when I asked him, what did I do that told you that we were going to have sex, which clearly was never on my mind because I was drinking, and I was drinking a lot, and it was Mm -hmm. midnight 30 when we got home, and he said, well, you were dancing with me to the music, and you made this comment about how you would give me a massage later. Ew. <laughs> he wanted I some mas- over at him and I said, I made a junk comment about a massage and I was dancing. Like, we were dancing together and I'm like, you are such a dude. Because none of that meant that... A golden promise is a straight up, listen, when we get home, this is exactly what we're doing. That's, yes. That's a promise. Yeah. And then you say, this is what we're doing and I promise. Yes. But because I made slide comments or looked him maybe a little glit glimmer of light me i would think that i was going to at least get to third base with you he might have i was drunk i don't know you don't remember saying it no do you remember dancing with him yeah so like we were slow dancing remember in a with a group of people 
Just because there's music on, there was dancing. Okay. Amber, I can wear whatever I want. That doesn't mean you have to... What were you wearing that made him think... I was wearing my $75 wolf sweatshirt from REI. That is a whole other episode. If you buy $75 (laughs) sweatshirts, we need you on the show. With a wolf on the front. I have like a $17.99 Star Wars sweatshirt from Target that I rock and it's cozy. It is cute. My sweatshirt is warm and... It's just as warm as a cheaper sweatshirt. You're right. Except for I... Part of that money went to... National parks. So don't buy a sweatshirt and make a donation to a national park. Why? When I can get a wolf sweatshirt. Also, in how addition. many national parks have been closed due to funding? Wow. Actually, not a lot have been. Joshua Tree owes you a thank you card. Thank you. I have yet to go to Joshua Tree. You know what? My resol- I, I don't want to call it a resolution. I want to call it a goal. Definitely is. In 2020, I want to travel. Okay. Spokane, Washington, here we come. I have decided that I want to go to Spokane. I saw a snippet about a bar in Spokane, Washington that just looks so cute. Okay. And I just want to go there. And so I Googled it and looked at pictures and it was just... Oh yeah, Washington is beautiful. So charming. And it said the best time to go is June through fall or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've just decided, and then I looked at plane tickets and it was under 300 for round trip and I've decided I work I make money I can budget properly yes you can I need to just buy tickets and go places when I met my first husband I was 17 I got engaged at 19 married at 20 baby at 22 and people would say to me constantly don't you want to travel don't you want to do this and I would say absolutely not all I want is a family and it was true then But at the ripe old age of 36, and in this last year, I have thought to myself, I am ready to just see different places and have different experiences. And so I'm going to do it. You know what's so funny is how different we are when it comes to those things. Because I have on multiple occasions promised my daughters, and I don't make a lot of promises, but promise both. Except for golden ones. Golden promises. Both of my daughters, I have promised that I will take them to Europe for two weeks before their senior year of high school. Because it is so important to me that they see that there is so much (laughs) more to this world than this little area that we live in with their friends, which are, I'm sure, wonderful, wonderful people. But they need some perspective of how small their worlds really are. Particularly in the county that we live in. It's all frequently referred to as a bubble. Yes, and they need to see that before they can make any life choices that will affect them in the long term. Right. Because I don't want them to feel like they're stuck to a certain path based on who we are and where we live. I think mine a lot, and this wasn't your experience, which is wonderful, a lot of it was getting into such a serious relationship at such a young age. And I am very codependent. Yes. So... Those relationships had to be all that fulfilled me in order to make other people happy, went to college and that didn't leave a lot of room. I worked full time and went to college full time from 18 on and then in my senior year got pregnant Mm -hmm. and started our family. So travel wasn't something that I could do, but also I didn't feel like I was missing it. But at this stage... But you also didn't know what you were missing. I guess that's very true. And I just, I felt like my small little area was enough to focus on. 
but I'm really ready to see new things. And I think it's hard on my family a little bit, but this is also a lesson that they have to learn. Amber, may you have a loving, respected 2020 to yourself, not necessarily by others, but by you to yourself, because that is what you need Yes, right now. I am. I'm seeing myself. And it's it's okay. She's a little crazy, but I think that she has potential. <laughs> Jamie, may 2020 bring you strength you didn't know you had. Okay. Faith deeper than you thought possible. Oh, you're good at this. I am the worst. May you try a new fashion trend that makes you feel beautiful. Oh, I hope you can rock those bell bottoms. I will, whether people like it or not. With a French tuck. May this year be empowering, bright, and bring you more joy than pain and more growth than stagnation. Ooh, cheers. Cheers. Is stagnation a word? It is. Okay. If you've gotten this far, good for you, but please go check on your kids. They're probably not safe at this point. They've been left alone for too long. Yeah, they may not even be home. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your support. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. We would also love if you could rate our podcast too. For anyone that needs to hear this, no matter how you parent, you can still guarantee that your child will have issues.